Good morning, Dia Ditch. Welcome to the Irish Val Show in partnership with Pundit Arena. Uh, it's the morning after, I guess, the morning before. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> I say half of the NFL fans in Ireland are still in bed, but it's all good. We're live, so it's good crack. Joined by Colm, uh, Brian, and Mark. Lads, good morning. Welcome in. Yeah, um, the, I, I, I suppose and we'll discuss the, the games, but... Um, we were expecting um, offensive fireworks in that Bills-Ravens game. Didn't turn out that way. So, uh, you know, unless, uh, Michael, you're like yourself and supporting the Bills, um, it's difficult to, to get the adrenaline uh, going uh, on, on that side of things. Now, we'll talk about the, the you know, some of the goings on, but um, an interesting uh, couple of games yesterday. Definitely interesting, uh, and a couple of interesting set of results. Uh, the Packers destroyed the Rams. Uh, I would I wouldn't go as far as saying destroyed, but they beat them very well. That was the first game last night, thirty-two to eighteen, and seventeen to three uh, in Buffalo. So obviously a very comprehensive performance there by Buffalo last night, lads. Uh, look, I'm quick on the old Photoshop, as we can see, but I guess let's jump into that first game in Green Bay. Colin, I'll start with you, man. Um, what was your thoughts on that performance? Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, uh, well, it's going to be Rodgers, Brady, or Breeze on, on that side of the Super Bowl. So it's it's not going to be a bad Super Bowl, I guess, for the neutral fan. Um, yeah, look, the, the Packers were very impressive in, in what they did going up against that Rams um, defense. And they came at them from, from all angles. They were good through the air. They were really good on the ground. They made sure that they got everyone involved. So um, kudos to them for for doing a, a very comprehensive job on offense. Um, the big takeaway for me, though, was that Aaron Donald wasn't fit and he shouldn't have been out there. I don't think I get why they did. Right. Because he's the most disruptive player in the entire league. But to me, it felt very like um, Beckham in 02 when he rushed back for the World Cup um, or Henry Shefflin. Henry Shefflin played in the All-Ireland in 2010, um, just weeks after uh, uh, what turned out to be a cruciate knee injury. The entire thing was dominated by the, the build-up to that and would he play, wouldn't he play. To me, I, I get again why you do that, but what it, the message that sends to all the other players is you're absolutely reliant on that guy. And if he's not there, then that means we can't function at the same level. And Shefflin hobbled off after, I think, about 13 minutes of, of that final. And Donald wasn't good to go um, last night. You could see that he, he wasn't explosive and he couldn't take the, the number of snaps that he usually would. I think that impacted right across that Rams defense. Um, I'm, I'm sure the, the lads will cover off on, on other points as well um, around uh, you know some of the, the goings off, particularly on that first touchdown. But uh, to me, um, the, that, that was a huge issue for, for the Rams that they never uh, recovered on. But look, the, the Packers were really good um, in terms of everything that, that they did, that they needed to do. And um, they will be uh, quite the force to be reckoned with um, in that uh, championship game. Yeah, and one of the other talking points leading up to the game was Ramsey on Adams and how that, how he would potentially control Adams and take him away from the Packers' offense. <clears throat> but in the previous show, we discussed it around the fact they had Tanyan, Skatnik, other players, Lazard, and they they had 190 yards between the three of them. So we, we knew there was going to be other options for them. Jones, once he had a quiet first half, came into it in the second half, literally the first play, second half, 60-yard run. So... Again, it was a comprehensive performance across the board. It wasn't solely reliant on Rodgers to Adams, which we've seen for large parts of the season. Yeah, the Donald thing was an issue, but realistically, do I think there's, even if he was fifth, would they, would they have had enough? I don't believe so. I think as the game went on, and I'll be, he's playing with a, what we call a, a, serious, a serious enough injury, Goff still went back to the traits that we're used to seeing in terms of not knowing when the right time is to get rid of the ball, taking sacks when you know, he's had an opportunity to throw the ball away or take the incomplete pass, putting the Rams offense in very difficult situations. And whilst they rallied to a certain extent and got within a touchdown, I don't think anyone's ever felt the game was in jeopardy, you know, and they just pulled away. 
they pulled away at the end, which is really much what we all expected. I mean, we expected a reasonably tight game, maybe not as high scoring as it was, but for the Packers to pull away, and they've done it. They're true, and whilst it's, it's not a full stage, nine thousand fans in there last night was still, you know, you could see you could, you could sense the the atmosphere and the anticipation of them potentially going back to a Super Bowl. So it's going to be going to Lambeau is going to be difficult next week for Saints or the Bucks, whoever wins tonight. Yeah, I mean, very simply, guys, the pack delivered the most comprehensive team performance of any of the four teams last night, um, even compared to the, the Ravens-Bills games. I mean, the the pack were, you know, you know, across the board impressive. We vaunted up the Rams' defense, but it wasn't the Rams' defense that got four sacks, five tackles for loss, seven quarterback hits. That Packers' defense, which has been underrated all season, is a good complementary piece, is very solid. Yes, they don't appear to be like turnover kings, if you like, but they are a very nice complementary piece and it's about an overall team game. And equally, as Aaron Rodgers said straight after the game, the real MVP of the game was probably actually the Packers' offensive line. Um, they were bursting holes for their three-headed monster at running back. They were keeping Aaron Rodgers nice and clean in that pocket all night. And, of course, when Aaron Rodgers had to burst out of the pocket from time to time and make a throw on the run, of course he did. Um, and it is a unit, of course, that's missing David Bakhtiari, their all-pro left tackle. Um, so very impressive them to put it all together. But, you know, it's funny. We've talked all season about teams of destiny, and maybe this is Breeze's season, and we looked at the Bills and the Browns breaking these long streaks. Um, it can sometimes be overlooked how much Packers fans have suffered over the last while. I mean, there's this whole talk now that this is going to be Rogers' first NFC Championship game at home. And that's because when they've been in this position before, number one, number two seed, they've actually blown their opportunities in the past. Um, they are, as a franchise, only, of course, won two Super Bowls in the last 50 years. So um, it's equally the case that, you know, they have had actually quite a period of sustained um, near misses and lacks of success. Obviously, they haven't been to the Super Bowl since 2010. So maybe, in fact... We've been missing the narrative all along. It isn't the Brills or the Browns to break their drought, but it's the Packers, actually, to ultimately break the drought. And super impressive performance last night. So, well done. I mean, you could actually just take what you said there. I, I agree with what you said, but you could take what you said and turn it on the fact, you know, how hasn't Aaron Rodgers won more than one ring? But then, yeah, if, if you look at guys like Peyton Manning only won two, Drew Brees has only won one. So, it's, it shows you, I guess, the competitiveness of the league. Um, as well, and how you know you can't be dominant, like Dublin, for example, in the GNN and the All Ireland. All right, Brian, come on. Um, <laughs> the Packers played really well last night. Uh, I think it was a combination of Rogers made it look easy at some points, but that, that that game for me was one in the second quarter when the Packers got 16 points in the game. That uh, I know we were talking about last night, Brian. That Alan Lazar is it Alan La Alan Lazard that touchdown. I don't yeah. think he's getting as much credit as people are getting. They got that catch, as you said, was was unbelievable. But more so, not just Lazard's touchdown, but the other one. I think it was with uh, Devontae Adams, the short throw. Rogers found time and somehow found the movement as well. So you know he wants it. He was talking at the end to uh, I think it was Pam Oliver, and he, he looked so confident that he was going to win that game. So um, God help anybody that wins tonight to go over there next week. But I think regardless, it's going to be a great matchup in this NFC Championship. And it's a win-win for an NFL fan because as I said before, you've got Brady, um, Breeze, well, Breeze uh, against Rodgers next week. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be an awesome matchup. Um, but again, very quickly, sorry, Jared Goff showed signs last night. You know, Jared Goff, or a guy going into Green Bay with the weather, his fun, the team he had with no Cooper Cup didn't play awful, but there was definitely times he could have done a lot, a lot better than what he did last night. No harm to him, like like that. Like you can't turn it on for a great touchdown and then a two point conversion and then hand it off. And Acres has only kept what ninety yards, so um, there's definitely ways to 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 to, to go back and, and revisit that Rams team. But with Sean McVay there, I'm sure they will. Does anybody want to add anything else before? Oh yeah, I was gonna say lads, we need to get a coffee sponsor. All right, well, we definitely need coffee this morning, Michael. I'll tell you that. But but the last thing I was going to say is just to show how complete the performance was by the Packers. For me, it was actually that last touchdown 
because they hadn't done anything of hard play action or very much of hard play action. And because the, the Rams had to, you know, respect their run game, respect their run game, respect their run game, that moment where Rodgers drops back, they all bid up on it, you knew it was coming. You knew, and you knew he wasn't going to miss that long throw. He'd obviously missed one earlier in the game. Uh, and that dagger, I think, you know, was a good epitome of how they'd set it all up so well as a team through that whole game. And what a finish for them. Michael, you touched on the Adams touchdown, but, you know, the play that was drawn up, you know, to get Adams off Ramsey was, you know, was very good. You know, he didn't go wide out. He came across the line. Ramsey, yeah, linebacker got in his way in terms of him trying to get back over, but he should, like he was looking for him to be handed off to the next cornerback on the other side who just didn't pick up on the play. And it was well designed, so they're obviously working on that all week to get Ramsey off, off track. I think the other thing that that um, you know stood out in terms of it's Rogers. It's all he can make the throws and all that, but it's it's the decision making. And and Brian, you, you touched on it in terms of Goff and taking the the sack when he really couldn't afford to. Um, and obviously, um, you know the Rogers and and the the pump fake and all. He just he made all the right decisions last night. He and and that is what takes the 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 QBs to that elite level. Is they know when to to go for the big pass, when to dump it off, and he has been masterful at that. And he caught the Rams quite a few times with personnel changes um, last night. They there were uh, all all sorts going on. So even with as good as the the Rams defense has been, uh, Rogers was uh, there counting the the numbers again and catching them out. Yeah, and it wasn't a bad game for the news. Just want to say as well, folks, we've got quite a large crowd on Twitter. Welcome in, folks. Leave some comments in as well if you want. We can talk about the games and talk about the big shock that's going to happen in the NFL tonight. Uh, but I guess for now, uh, while we move on, seeing there's a little um, a, a little nugget in the chats. Yeah, great. As, as we move on, obviously Packers move on to the NFC Championship game. That game is the early game next Sunday. Yay! It's not going to matter for us. Is it? <laughs> we're going to watch it anyway. Like, yeah, that's like that's like the worst Sunday of the year for me, boys. But then we're we're in lockdown, so it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, just jumping on again, what I said at the start of the show. Obviously, the Packers winning thirty-two eighteen. Um, and I actually have to be I didn't agree with this last night, but I agree with it now. Rogers is right. It could have been a lot more than that, let's be honest. But the Buffalo Bills boys uh, marching on to their first AFC championship uh, since 1993. I think um, obviously a huge moment for the franchise. We had Jim Kelly on. It didn't show him on TV last night, as far as I know. Uh, full disclosure, Colm, I fell asleep just before Lamar Jackson. I went off with a concussion and woke up when it was 17 for me. So I'm looking forward to talking about this game. But I'm thinking now, man, and I guess I'll talk about it more when it's my turn, but obviously a huge result for this team, regardless of how they got the victory. Look, yeah, I mean, I give you a bit of the stick at the start, but in fairness, you have been um, a big believer in this Bills team and uh, they they ha- they keep performing. Um, I, I, you know, they did what they needed to do. And I think what stood out to me really around this game is the fact that the Ravens gave so much respect to Josh Allen, right? They changed their game plan, their defensive game plan completely. Um, They didn't blitz in the same way. Uh, And that is testament to how good Allen has been against the, the blitz, which is really tough to do. When you got guys coming at you um, and uh, headhunting you, um, and you're still able to get it off, and so the the Ravens, who are so good at that, say, "Yeah, if we do that, he's going to pick us apart." That's a testament to just how well um, he has um, been playing. Uh, the the fans in Buffalo last night. I mean, the it's it, that that's one of the sad parts, obviously, of this season because the noise coming off of uh, that stadium when you know they it's not even close to to half full. It was just brilliant, and uh, obviously, look, Jackson um, threw his his first interception in in the red zone. It goes back for a hundred and one yards. Um, but it, it really it really was the the kind of chess match um overall and it it was one of those 
um, that I, I suppose there'll be there'll still be things that the bills I'm sure will will look at and and say, but they schemed as well. They changed a lot of, of what they they did, um, but they are in the the championship game. Um, uh, I can imagine there uh, there will be um, you know even more videos this week of uh, bits and pieces going on, and look the. The Ravens, there's there's the the run back there. Um, when you hear hear him talking about it and how he he slowed up because he wanted White to, to come in to, to make the block. Um, but I I thought um, what was um, in, interesting, I suppose, was the number of kind of mistakes on the snap last night. Um, there were a number of them. It wasn't just one. Um, and look, that was what um, took Jackson out of the the game ultimately. Um, but delighted for for the bills and uh for for their fans uh and they who whoever comes through to tonight and we'll discuss this in a while um they will they're going to be um a, a difficult unit because they have uh, a, a qb playing at elite level um they have stefan diggs who is um just brilliant and they have they have the ability to to scheme on defense uh so Kudos to to the Bills. It was great to to see them get the win. You can come up mute when you mute. Well, look, the fact that we're here, coffee and the streams on is a miracle. So, Brian, I was going to ask you, man, just I just go on what Connor, what Column said there. You know, it's very easy for quarterbacks, Brian. Um, all of our teams do it, just to hand the ball off and let the let the run, let, let the running backs take the take time off the clock. Um. <laughs> The Bills enjoyed a good few passes last night, and it looks like Josh Allen isn't afraid of passing the ball. Do you think, regardless of who of who he comes up against next week, it's going to be a hell of a game offensively, or are you just like meh? They won a game. I mean, the game wasn't great last night for the first half, anyway. No, it wasn't. No, but it was two drives in particular. We'll come to the Allen piece in a minute, but there's two drives I really want to discuss. Um, we discussed how average, shall we say, the Rams' defense has been in terms of not stopping the run game, and the first drive of the game. Perfect drive for the Ravens. In a sense, eight minutes off the clock, they were running the ball efficiently. You know, they were using Edwards, Dobbins. Jackson had a couple of goals that it didn't get too many yards. But they were tipping away the four and one silly flag, you know, and obviously then the field goals. Well, there was, there was four out of six field goal attempts missed last night, so I'm not putting it down to Tucker because obviously he's a great kicker. But that, that drive, in a sense, was such a perfect drive to start the game. They needed to get points early. And then the other drive, which is... Again, probably the, the best drive they had in the game after that particular drive was the one after they went down 10-3 where they drove straight off the kickoff. Again, used a, a couple of minutes off the clock, coming towards the back end of the third quarter, potentially going in to tie the game. They showed it there, interception, return for a pick six. That was the game in a sense because I mean, there wasn't even any more points after that. But it was such a tight game for large parts that it was going to take a play outside of the norm whether it was an Allen long throw, you know, breaking away, Diggs breaking away, and obviously he had that touchdown. But it was going to take something outside the ordinary to kind of break the teams up. Because I thought they were so well balanced between the both of them. You know, they played to halftime, 3-3. At that stage, you didn't know what way the game was going to go. And just on the Buffalo fans, if, if Dr. Tony Houlihan is a, an NFL fan, he would have had a lot of sense of nervousness watching that game last night. Not because of how tight the game was, more so because of the amount of hand-holding and hugging in the crowds and, I doubt 9,000 Buffalo fans have had a have had a vaccine in the last few weeks, so I think he would have been cringing <laughs> at, at, that, uh, at those scenes at the end. I'm going to put my Northern hat on as well here, Mark, and say uh, Michael McBride, chief something officer up here, who's in charge of everyone up here. Sorry. Well, well, well I mean, if we want to put the US hat on, I actually think Dr. Antonio Fauci is a Bills fan, I believe. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe he gave them special permission to, to have... They're exonerated, really. <laughs> You never know. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. That first drive, I'm, I'm with Brian on this. That first drive, I, I said on Saturday's show, I think, the you know the fear for the Bills is that the Ravens' run game will dominate them, that they'll be dominated up front. And then that first drive, they, 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 they had them at will. Like, the first two runs, I think, ripped off 12 yards and 11 yards. And you suddenly wondered what they were doing. But Leslie Frazier... Has that unit coached pretty well? They haven't been as impressive overall this year as they were last year, but they held an NFL offense to three points. 
I don't care who you are or what weather it is and whether you're even playing the Bengals or the Jets, holding an NFL offense to three points is uh, an exceptional performance and deserves all the credit. Um, you know, the pick is going to be talked about for years to come. Second longest play in uh, – sorry, the equal longest play in NFL playoff history. Um and it's just a great defensive design. Jackson, I don't think, makes a wrong read or a bad play necessarily. He just doesn't realize the underneath man is lurking there. Um, dumps the route. Could have taken the the, the kneel down, but obviously uh, the touchback, uh, but obviously ran it out and made the right decision to do that. I do actually think Jackson gives up on that play, though, which really frustrates me. Every time I see that replay, it's kind of like they're about 40 to go, and he goes, I'm just going to run into the offensive lineman to make it seem like I made an effort, but I can't be bothered running anymore. I, Maybe I'm casting too many aspersions on his character, but it seemed a bit Cam Newton-esque uh, to me, thinking back to that infamous play in the Super Bowl. Um, and he gave up? Yeah, I think he did. He gave I, up. Honestly, he gave up. it looked like to me on the replay he did. Um, so, But they didn't lose it just because of that. Obviously, that was a turning point. The drive I want to talk about is actually the one just after the half. We've had a 3-3 ding-dong. Um and actually, like the Packers and Rams game, the Packers came out after halftime, 75 yards all on the ground, blew the game open from 19-10 to 25-10. In our game, we're talking about now the Bills and the um, the Ravens, the Bills going 3-0, and Brian DeBole, who's likely going to be a head coach somewhere, maybe the Chargers, it's being rumored in very short course, um, kind of mixed up the offensive game plan a little bit more, just built in a bit more time, a bit more flexibility for Allen. He only ran the ball twice in the entirety of that first half. Um, and they got one drive going. And it was always that type of game. It felt like just get one good drive, and who knows. They get the drive. They got up 10-3. And to be honest, watching it live, I kind of felt like that might be enough unless Lamar pulled out a moment of magic. And unfortunately, he didn't pull out a moment of magic. He pulled out a moment of mayhem um, on that particular game. But yeah, fair play to the Bills. But they'll need more. They'll need more next week, whoever they play. Let's, let's just... You know, let, let's worry about next week, next week, and we've got a whole week to talk about that. Uh, the Bills have beat the Colts, and the Bills have beat the Ravens. Doesn't matter by how much. The Bills have beat the Colts, and, you know, obviously Rodrigo Blankenship, and the Bills have beaten the Ravens, boys. Um, doesn't really matter who they're going to play next week. I think they've proven that they can give whoever they play next week a game, whether that's Narrowhead or in Buffalo. This is this has got their year written all over this place. Whether anybody wants to talk about it or not, doesn't matter who they're playing next week. That's the way I see it at the minute. I'd be amazed if they're not very close to the team they're playing next week. Um, for me, that game could have started very differently. The Ravens came out, got a couple of uh, good plays. I think it was Dobbins running two, two or three times, getting good yardage down the field, and that game could have started very differently if they had a got a, a touchdown. It didn't, and then Allen. Albeit in the first half, you know, like me and Brian could have suited up a quarterback and, and gave it a go. Like, let, let's be honest, there wasn't much going on. Um, but in the, obviously in the second quarter, the Bills start to pull away, and with fourteen points, with the pick six, and with Stefan Diggs, you know, if they, I don't want to start homeless, but if 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 it is the Chiefs next week, you know, if you're Andy Reid, you can sit here and you can talk about Stefan Diggs and covering Stefan Diggs. And trying to make it hard for Josh Allen, he could do something that people haven't seen a lot this year. He could he could hand it off. He could give it to Cole Beasley. He could give it to John Brown, uh, Gabriel Davis as well, Dawson Knox as well. So he's got the facility there, the same way that Aaron Rodgers has got a lot of different wide receivers there as well. So it's going to be very uh, interesting to see what happens next week. Have we any final points on this game? Because I really want to talk about it tomorrow night live. But Brian, have you any points maybe on Josh Allen or how? No, I just wanted to make the point that Mark said about Jackson giving up on the play. Literally as that play happened, a Ravens fan who was text me yelling after in the game, text me saying he just gave up on the play. You know, it was like he put the effort in here, but uh, to be seen to be running back, but he had no interest in making any tackle. You know, he was protecting himself. And uh, sorry, just to the point next week, the Bills, yeah, look, they're either playing the Browns at home, the Chiefs away. The magnitude of those two games in terms of the conversation next week will be very different depending on whether they're going on the road or whether they're playing at home in front of their fans. So uh, I would say if the Browns beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, the magnitude is going to be equally as uh, crazy. Yeah, that, does that point as well. Yeah. Um, has anybody any final points before we look ahead to today's game? Any any final points, Colin, Mark? No? He's all happy enough? 
Well, yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll probably d discuss it uh, more t t tomorrow night um, as well. But uh, I was, I, I just think um, to Josh Allen has um, everything he faced over the, the first two seasons of his uh, NFL career. And like what he, what he is doing is just brilliant. Um, you know, he, he has shown just such incredible resilience and uh, self-belief. He's a really, really impressive kid. Yeah, and, and Michael, I just say, you know, the Bills' defense, um, just to put into context the stats in relation to it, they ultimately held the Ravens to 150 yards on the ground on 32 carries. And that sounds like a lot, but considering the production that's been out of that Ravens' offense, again, kind of historical performances almost going back to the 40s and 50s, you'll, you'll settle for that because Lamar still, as he proved last night, can't beat you with his arm consistently. And for the Ravens to take that next step, he has to develop that capability um there was there was one other final point just on fumbles just really quickly because actually in the packers rams game there was a great fumble by the running back that went straight to aaron Rodgers, um and there was no turnovers it was the closest we came to a turnover and the rams knew how lucky or close they were literally a couple of plays later they hit the ceiling touchdown effectively but actually in the bills game i had ram ravens fans going on about the the opportunity when when Allen fumbled and they were lucky to recover it with Deion Dawkins. The the Ravens fumbled five times in the game. They were lucky to recover all of them. So it's it's kind of one of those you know it coulda woulda shouldas. I mean you know just you got to make the opportunities and you got to take them when they come. But uh, you know that fumble and not recovering it didn't change. Um, wasn't the only deciding factor. The Bills and Packers both deserving winners. Yes, sir, and. We'll talk about this more tomorrow night. Very interesting points there in the Ravens. Another year, you know, I thought Lamar Jackson was in the front of Madden. So it, it'll be interesting. Look, it'll be interesting to see how we all get on. Let's look ahead. You know, look, there's two <laughs> these games tonight are really good. So which one, I mean, will we go in order of time or will we or will we finish with Mahomes? No, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with time. All right. Okay. Well, I was looking forward to that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. For a place in the AFC Championship, uh, apparently the Chiefs are the greatest team of all time, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, five past eight tonight. Nice start for the old European audience, gentlemen. Colin, I'm going to start with you. Who wins this game and why? Um, can we first put something out there? There is no negativity on this show around the Browns, right? If you go back and you watch it last week, <laughs> we say that the Browns. I just thought they were too too beat up because of COVID. I said, I, if they hadn't been, I, I thought they'd beat the Steelers. Thought they were too beat up. They showed me kudos to the Browns. They're a serious uh, football team to overcome um, the like and show the resilience that they did. Um, really, really good. Their running game is outstanding. And can the Browns win this game? They can. Um, you know, they can just you know, put the ball into to the hands of uh, Chubb and Hunt and they can run, run, run and they can have what happened last week happen again. Um, you know, but <sighs> Mahomes is, isn't Rottlesberger. That's their issue. And I, I, I think Mahomes can throw uh, multiple interceptions and win games. We have seen him do that. And while, okay, he hasn't come back from 28 points down, he gave the Texans a 24-point start last season. And just to make it interesting, I think, because he was probably bored um, and decided, yeah, okay, we'll give him 24 points start now. Let's let's actually do it. That's so the Browns can absolutely win. And the Browns are uh, they're, they're, they're a good football team. They're really well coached. They're incredibly resilient to, to have, have done what they have done over the past few weeks um, because they were really beaten up um, with uh, with COVID and to, to lose their their head coach. Um, he was in the, the basement and apparently his kids stream was ahead of his. Uh, I think, Mark, you, you highlighted that to, to us. So um, I expect the Browns to hang around with, with the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I think that they will make it interesting um, and I think they will game plan to run the ball. Um, you know, we're, we're Broncos fans. We know that Broncos didn't have a good season and yet the Broncos had success. Melvin Gordon had success running the ball against the, the Chiefs. So if you're, um, if you're the Browns, um, you know you 
you should be able to run the ball. Now, thing is, the Chiefs often come up with these games. Last uh, year, they shut Derrick Henry down. So um, the the it's going to be very difficult. Um, I, I I really think that just because you Mahomes is a special QB, no, he had, he still has plenty that he has to prove, but. Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey is ridiculous. Kelsey is <laughs> built like a tight end, but plays like a wide receiver. Um, I mean, he the, the, to look at his stats this season, and that's the issue. You take Kelsey away, they still have Hill. You take those two away, they still have have uh, have options in terms of. Um, you never know who the third guy is going to be. Um, <clears throat> will, will it be Watkins? Will it be Harmon? They've so many different options um so i i do think it will be um really difficult for the browns to to do it again i think they will be there or thereabouts i think they will absolutely look to um to to you know create the upset i think it, it in this in this game it you know you have to be on you have to show up if the chiefs think that they're in the the championship game, they will they will lose. I just don't think they will do that. I, I think Andy Reid um, is around long enough. He's seen enough heartbreak to know that he needs to get his team right. I think they will. I think the Chiefs will do enough. Um, but um, I, I I don't expect them to. Um, you know this this Browns team is not the the Browns team of, of old. They they will put up a, a performance and they will um, make it difficult for the Chiefs. But I just I don't see anything. Um, any I don't see it enough ways that the the Browns, given their past defense around you know over the course. And remember they gave up five hundred yards to to Penn last last week um and and you're going against a, a qb who is vastly superior to a, to ben rottlesberger that's the that's the reality i think the chiefs will will have enough and will win this game i also think uh, the chiefs defense and in particular steve spagnola who's done two fantastic games over the years in terms of being a defensive coordinator, the Giants won the Super Bowl, and obviously last year the Chiefs' offense, sorry, defense was quite poor throughout the season. But then they seem to turn it around late, coming in later in the season, obviously into the playoffs. And this season, Mahomes is fourteen and one, and we've joked about the fact that he hasn't really played well, or the offense has been sporadic at times and has been held in check. But yet they won the games. In those games, their defense has played well enough to make sure Mahomes was still in position to win the game. They don't get the kudos they deserve. Um, but yes. Column has touched on it, the options. I mean, last year, Sammy Watkins did very little during the regular season. Came to the playoffs, big big time plays against the Titans, that big time play in the Super Bowl. I'd imagine some player will come out come out tonight who hasn't really been too heavy during the season in terms of his stats and will make plays hard, but in particular, I think could be the guy. Because I think Kelsey and Hill, whilst they're the guys that everybody talks about, there will be another player in that offense because they're so stacked to produce plays. Teams have nearly beaten the beaten the Chiefs this year when they put up a lot of points. Week five, the Raiders beat them, put up 40 points. The Chiefs still scored 22. Week nine and ten, the Raiders put up another 31. They nearly beat them. The Ra- or, sorry, Chiefs drove down and won the game. And then the following week, the Panthers, 33-31. They put up 31 points in their head, and they nearly won on a field goal. That's what the, Ultimately, that's what the Browns are going to have to do because you're not going to be able to keep that Chiefs offense to a low-scoring game, in my opinion. They're going to have to be putting up at least 20, 25 points to win the game. And that's where I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. I think, yes, they'll play really well offensively. They will put up some points. I don't see them hitting the 30s. And that's where I think ultimately the game will be won because Mahomes will be fresh. The offense will be fresh. I expect they'll come out ready to go. And I think they'll put up 25 points. And I think they'll win by two touchdowns. Um, I always I always love pairs of teammates when they kind of get associated together because actually when you say their names together you kind of try and figure out like what what do they sound like together you know does it sound like a firm of accountants or a firm of solicitors or something and every time somebody says Chubb and Hunt Chubb and Hunt and they always go together I don't know to me it sounds like grave diggers or something you know Chubb and Hunt grave diggers I can see the sign now um, they are certainly going to hope to to bury Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and objectively speaking 
there is a lot of things that the Browns have that should be the formula to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. As Brian said, you've got to put up points. They've proved they can. Whereas the Ravens game, where it was last week, obviously they can put up points in bunches. You've got to keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes as much as possible and hopefully control it on the ground with sustaining long drives. <laughs> Ergo, Chubb and Hunt. Ergo, Jarvis Landry on third down on drag routes. You know, they have the capability. Uh, and indeed, sorry, they also need a strong defense that's capable of generating a turnover too. And with Miles Garrett causing havoc, uh, they're great cornerbacks. You know, the Browns do have all of those aspects. But... Um, there are a lot of buts against it. So while I can objectively see that those things exist, unfortunately for me, there's far too many things in the other side of the column when it favors the Chiefs. I mean, if we're doing our PL account, unfortunately, the Chiefs just have too many debits and not enough credits for me um, uh... to try and balance the books. So <laughs> the Browns, the Browns, unfortunately. When you look at their record this season against teams that were 500 or above, they're only two and four. It felt like until that Steelers game, every time they had a big game to step up to, they would be found wanting. They got um, handled very handily by the Steelers and the Ravens earlier in the season. You could say, well, look at the last two weeks of the season. They beat the Steelers, obviously, when they needed to in Week 17. And by God, they beat them last week. So momentum can be a beautiful thing. But I am actually comparing them a little bit in my head now to um, the well, not the last time. The Steelers don't lose in the wild card very often. They did in 2011, though. I know Colin and Michael are going to remember this. This is when the Denver Broncos, at the height of Tebow mania, knocked them out in the last uh, in overtime with that uh, Tebow to Demarius Thomas um, touchdown. Everyone ramped up Tebow for a week. What happened? They went into Gillette and they got absolutely trounced. And the reason that to me is relevant is I feel that there's almost this hype, this this you know cathartic release, of course, for Browns fans. But can they maintain that for a second game in a row? I'm not sure. I don't think they can get to that same height. The Chiefs, just to say something on them, the last seven games they've won, they've only won by one score or less. Like three points here, two points here. It's it's been tight. And people have said, well, maybe that means that they're not as dominant as everyone considers. I actually look at it a slightly different way. I actually say that it proves that when the fire is in the iron, when the heel of the hunt is underway, they have the cool heads necessary to prevail. So I think they can do it. But, you know, I, I'm going to go for the Chiefs. The Browns could do it 100%. We're not writing them off necessarily. But the Chiefs just have too much for me and the Bills will go into Arrowhead. Brian, have you another comment? I think you said no. Yeah, uh, sorry, no. It was actually just on the Browns. Um, I'm similar to Colin. I had a few people contact me during the week saying, "Why all the negativity on the Browns?" I'm not being negative on the Browns. I'm asked. We're asked to preview a game and make a prediction. And unfortunately, the last two weeks, the prediction has gone against the Browns. They were right last week. We'll, we'll see if they get the results tonight. Well, look, you know, this is going to be a really interesting game, and it's great this game is first, so I don't fall asleep. Like last night, but um, I think the team who gets out to a fast start here is going to be the team that wins this game. Um, the Browns last week, you seen what they done against the Steelers, albeit that was a, a freak situation where they scored twenty eight points against a team that was well. Look, you know, there's a lot of it's like peeling off on the orange here. That Steelers team were unbeaten at one point, and everybody was talking about them as if they were the next Dolphins in the seventies. Uh, before I move any closer to my next statement, um, Mark's comparison of a accountant. Uh, set of accounts or set of financial statements as a graduate accountant is hilarious. So uh, I look forward to maybe calculating a few ratios Mark later on. Uh, see Neil's comment there, Neil, I put, I, I didn't want to take it off the screen, Neil, uh, in regards to what you're saying about points, but I'll talk about it in a second. And, and I agree with what you're saying. You know, look at like, a, you know, look, look at Tyreek Hill today going up against Denzel Ward. Um, I think Ward has got the advantage over Tyreek Hill. The Browns are 11 and 0 when they're leading. At the half, and they're also eleven and zero when they're leading the turnover battle. Mahomes has been, you know, he's got his contract. I'm sure he'll play lights out today. Uh, dominating the time of possession is going to be key in this game. Um, you know, if the Browns can hold the Chiefs' offense to maybe like 25, 26, 27 minutes or less, they've got a hell of a chance in this game. But it's going to really come down to Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. It's a monster day for these two lads. You know, like at the end of the day, 
Uh, the Brown, I think that I think those two lads, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, are the fourth in NFL history to produce. I've done my notes in this, boys, before I get to slagging, to produce 1,200 plus yards, 12 plus touchdowns in the same season. So they're all right. They're all right. And it's not just like that. It goes down to the fact that the Browns put up 41 against the Titans in Tennessee. They put up 42 against the Ravens, albeit they lost the game. They put up 48 against the Steelers last week. They know how to score points. That's not even that's not even a discussion point. They will score points today because, again, it's like when you're playing against Kansas City, you can't cover all the players like Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You, you can't cover everybody. It's going to be the same situation for this Browns team who are getting the respect they deserve going into this game. Um, but, again, it will come down to these big plays. You always see Patrick Mahomes has these big plays, and I'm talking about plays of over 10 or 20 yards. The Browns are 9 and oh, this season, when they produce more big plays than their opponents, they need another huge offensive performance. But this one for me will come down to whether the Browns can control the time of possession battle and keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' $500 million hands. The Browns are built to do this. I think they will do this. And I think the Cleveland Browns shock the world and go to Buffalo next week in what promises to be a hell of an AFC championship. Because why the hell can't they? The Chiefs have had their two weeks off, or I mean, how long yep. have they been off for? Let's see what they can do because they're the ones with the pressure. They're the ones with something to lose tonight, boys. And what I mean, Colin said here was very interesting. You know, do they think they have this wrapped up? Because we always seen the team that thinks they have it wrapped up or the team that go one and done. Brian, one and done over there. I mean, Michael, I'll just say, like, if if they do shock the world and it's the Bills Browns AFC Championship game, I mean. You might as well call it the Redemption Bowl before the Super Bowl, because one of those teams, after so much pain and hurt, will be going back to the Super Bowl. That will be that will be amazing in itself. It'd be unbelievable. I, I genuinely think it could happen. And just need this comment there because I didn't want to talk about it whenever until I said it. But yeah, Browns put up over thirty points throughout the season against the Cowboys before Dak got injured. Ravens, Steelers, Titans, Indy, all teams at the top on given times, all teams with winning records. They have nothing to fear. They've nothing to lose, boys. And they have a chance tonight, 100%. And Brian, are you going to round us off on this lovely game at Arrowhead? I was just going to say, if it is the Browns next week against the Bills, then you got, and it's the same situation that we had last night, two quarterbacks from the 2008 rookie draft going against each other to, for an opportunity to go to Super Bowl. And one of them will be going to Super Bowl within three to four years of their career starting. The fourth pick against the seventh pick in that, in that draft. So it makes for a great game if it does happen. I don't think we're going to be anyway worried about the level of games next week, you know, you've touched on it. If it's Braves, if it's Brady against Rogers, and it's the same scenario on the AFC. No matter what happens tonight, we're going to have two fantastic games next weekend. And just I'll say one thing, Colm. Uh, not that I want to talk about betting or the odds or the underdog situation. Uh, that, Browns, that Browns team are at the same price as the Broncos were against the Panthers. What happened then? Yeah, I mean, look, I... I you're you're saying can can they you know why can't they absolutely they can I I think if they're to do it to me it what they're probably looking to do though is more like the Rams Chiefs game from 2018 that absolute shootout that that took place because one of the things you said they're built to do it they're only built to do it if they can score points they're not built to do it defensively and that's where they they have to. They have to stop, you know. They they have to stop the Chiefs, but I don't think they can. So I think the only thing they can do is to outscore the Chiefs if they're to do that. Now, can they? They can. I don't personally. I don't think they will. But I think it, that's how they have to do it. When Big Ben throws for five hundred yards on you, you're not. You know, you can't say you're set up defensively. They didn't sack Big Ben either last week. That's going to be the the issue for them. Is um, they. To, so to me, it's about them scoring more. It's about, I think you're absolutely spot on in terms of getting off to a fast start. They have to do that. Um, they have to do what they did to the the Titans and um, to the Steelers and absolutely bamboozle them early if they're to get to get the win. Um, I would love to see um, the Browns Bills um, talk about like a, a throwback, uh, you know, everyone get out that, uh, you know, those old starter jackets from the 90s. It'd be, it'd be fantastic. Um, um, let's let's see. It's going it's going to be a, it's going to be a really interesting game. I really think that, and we still have another game to talk about. 
Well, look, I mean, just to, on Colm's point there, the Browns have already been involved in probably two of the greatest games this season, both the Steelers playoff game and the regular season game they had on Monday night against the Ravens. If we have another game like that, or the Rams Chiefs, like he's describing, or maybe Baker and uh, Patrick would like to take us back to college days and that famous Texas Tech-Oklahoma uh, shootout they engaged in, as a neutral, I'll love every single second of it. So us, so you straight are picking the Browns before I put on Jeff Rambo's opinion. You straight are picking the Chiefs. Sorry, I'm picking the Browns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll we're just say that publicly again for Twitter because we've got a lot more Browns fans on Twitter than Chiefs fans. You straight are picking the Chiefs, and I'm picking the Browns. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports, our friend over at Sky Sports. God help him last night because I fell asleep during that game. I I don't know how those boys are sitting there. Like fair play to them. Like. I know they're getting paid and all, but it must be tough sitting there, boys are fleeing in the morning. Fair, fair play to him. Here's what Jeff thinks of um, of this game tonight. And you can see Jeff being on, on a little tour of, of Ireland. Cleveland Browns against Kansas City is a game that nobody is giving Cleveland a chance. And I'm going to tell you, I would not rule them out. Cleveland is a team right now that's on a great hot streak. They're starting to believe in themselves. I think they believe they're a little bit of a team of destiny. See, destiny, they're incredibly good on the offensive line. Uh, they should get Joe Batonio back. They're all pro left guard. They're particularly good inside. Kansas City, on the other hand, their defensive front has given up rushing yards. You've got two great running backs in Cleveland with the ability to alternate those guys through. Each brings his own uh, his own set of skills to the game but to me Chubb is the key because I think he's a guy that can bleed those tough yards inside and allow Cleveland to control the ball get Baker Mayfield on the perimeter on the nakeds and the bootlegs use play action to get the ball to Jarvis Landry who we showed, we saw last week against Pittsburgh is one of the top inside receivers one of the top slots in football Austin Hooper the tight ends is an outstanding target in the intermediate range and that's where I think Baker's going to have to work Cleveland has to stay close with, with uh, Kansas City. And Kansas, that's tough to do because Kansas City has a track team at wide receiver. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the best foot, uh, tight end in football. And think about this. Andy Reid is outstanding. He's one of the best coaches in the National Football League history after a bye. He will come at Cleveland, I'm sure, with a wrinkle or two that they have not seen. And again, I think Patrick Mahomes, his mobility, his arm talent, and you know his competitive toughness give Kansas City the edge. I like Kansas City in this one, but again, I would not be shocked if Cleveland was able to pull an upset because, again, Cleveland is playing extremely well right now. I just don't know whether they've got the skill in the defensive secondary to hold up against Kansas City's offense. Thanks very much, Jeff, for your opinion. Obviously, Jeff Reinbold joining us, hopefully, each week until the play until the playoffs and the Super Bowl is over. Uh, let's see if we can get him on, boys, next Sunday morning, live, before the championship game for a bit of crack. Uh, but no, yeah, obviously, great to hear from Jeff. Interesting to hear his opinion. I think after 15 minutes, I'm just realizing how long we've been going for, I think it's time to move on to, to the final game. Uh, it's like something from Revelations in the Bible. Uh, usually, we have this big setup here, but for this game, I've just nicked Tom Brady's picture from Twitter. And uh, <laughs> I put this up. To, it's the yeah, it's the battle of of the old men, um, forty something against forty something. Could be Drew Brees final game. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's not really much else you can really say there. But Colin, who is going to win this game? Obviously, in the Superdome, not too bad in terms of timing. Twenty to twelve is not too bad. Um, who's going to win? Why? Um, it's it's an interesting one. Um, I mean, obviously, look, there there are so many storylines around this. Um, uh, the the week the build up to to it this week has been interesting in that the Saints seem to be copping a lot more flack for their win over the Bears and the struggles that they had than the Bucks are copping for their win over Washington because. Bucks had their struggles against that, that Washington team, um, and you know that. So, so to 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 me, the the talk certainly uh, on social media seems to be that. 
this is the the Bucks game, and and they and they're going to revenge those two losses from earlier in in the season. Um, but if you look at and and everyone says it's it's tough to to beat a, three, a team three times in a year. Um, it is, but if you look at since 1970, um, where teams have beaten um, another team twice in the regular season and then met in the playoffs, the team that won twice is 14 and seven. Now you want to go back, uh, you know, further. It's happened 32 times in total, and the team that won twice has won 20 of those. So if you win twice, it's not like you're you're suddenly cursed and and you you can't win. Um, I think this will be. Um, an interesting game um, just in terms of how the the teams match up um, because the Saints are really good defensively. Um, they're out, outstanding against the run. They're very good against the the, the pass. Um, they're, I think, one of maybe two teams to hold opposing QBs to under 60% completion. Um, and they're top 10 in um, sacks and uh, QB hits. And if about the only way you can disrupt Tom Brady is to get in Tom Brady's face. Uh, we had Wade on during the week, and he, t- he uh, you know, kindly reminded Mark that um, his Broncos defense had uh, hit Brady 24 times in that 2015 AFC Championship game, and that that was what the Broncos had to do because that was a seriously talented Patriots uh, offense. Um, so you, you've got to make life difficult for for Brady. If you give Brady time, if Brady has, has time, he yeah, he's just gonna he'll, he'll make the pass has happened and every time he's been kind of doubted this season um uh, we heard he, the arm strength has gone he couldn't throw along brady a bit like patrick mahomes given the texans 24 points decided right well i'll show i'll show you all i'll just throw along for the next few weeks um he they, the bucks were really impressive to end the season but if you look at the the opponents that they played um and yeah you can only beat what's in front of you but it does. It does make uh, a difference as, as as Broncos fans. We know um, you can finish strong at the end of a season, but depending on who you might meet um, next, uh, it's it's not necessarily going to to turn out the same way. Um, I I think. Um, the I expect it to be a lot closer than the regular season games, um, but I think that the Saints in the Superdome, um, in Breeze's last rodeo with Sean Payton there, um, he they I I think they will do enough um, to 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 win a really close game and to head to Lambeau to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers next week. Colin, you, you touched on the fact that, yeah, they played certain teams and it's always relevant to who they play next. And obviously playing this, playing the Saints for the Bucs hasn't been a good thing over the years, even before Brady came in. The Saints are going for seven in a row against the Bucs. They've had their number. Brady's is five and two in his career against Brady. Okay, these type of stats don't really matter in these games. But certainly things in the background do. and. Last November, <clears throat> when the Saints won 33, I think everyone remembers that video that went out from the Saints dressing room of Jamal dancing. And at the time, I said, sometimes those teams tend to come back and bite you. And I, I see them potentially meeting again in the playoffs, and it's come to pass that they, they are playing each other. However, that defense for the Saints has been really good all year. And to be honest, it's bailed them out of so many games because we discussed for so long, even when we started doing this in October, one of the main talking points we had was how poor Breeze had looked you know, for the start of the season. He had the injury. To be honest, I don't think he's come back and played any better, to be honest. I think he's, you know, it's not a case of the breeze that we saw in the past where the, the long balls, we're used to watching them in, in the dome and it's 30, 40 yard pass and it's really aggressive style offense. It's very sporadic at the moment. He relies so much in Kamara, which is good. The fact that he's come into his own over the past few weeks with the six touchdowns, played reasonably well last week coming off the COVID. So they're stacked. But I don't trust the books defense and while Devin White has had a great season and he's a huge plus in terms of coming back you know there's games this year where bigger games even against the Rams for example where the Rams went in and beat them in Tampa they seem to give up high, high points so for me I do think the Saints will win I think they'll win by touchdown to 10 points two players in particular that I actually think will have very good games that have been floating under the radar Antonio Brown it's hard to say he's floating under the radar the type of character he is but he's been really good over the past few weeks and Deontay Harris for the Saints, the wide receiver. Everybody talks about Thomas. He's a he's secret weapon. He's, 
you know, he's good on special teams. He's he's been very good for Breeze in terms of taking short passes and turning into 20 to 25 yard picks. He's a real star in the making. For me, the Saints will win and go to Lambeau as well. That's my pick. Yeah. Uh, in in week one, it was you know a big game, and you know Breeze uh, outlasted Brady in the Bucks. I mean, it was a bit probably um, wasn't as close actually as it seemed. It, it, they were kind of quite handily mentioned, uh, handled them. And in week nine, the big build-up was, oh, Brady's going to get his revenge, and this is going to be you know leveling up, and this division still up for grabs. And by the end of that, thirty-eight-three. You went, no, the division isn't up for grabs. The Saints have now got the tiebreaker, and the Saints will continue to to dominate that division, which they did in winning their division. So you actually start finding narratives, and like Conum said, well, you know, for Game Three, what's going to be different? Um, I alluded to I've been as a fan on the wrong side of this. Patriots beating Jets twice in a year, forty-five-three, and then losing to them in the wild card. So I've seen it happen and felt it happen myself. But it's funny you try. And find, if you like, the storylines away from the obvious. You know, um, Devin White and Levante David trying to keep in Alvin Kamara is going to be a big part of this game. Alvin Kamara has been on some great tears in the rushing game um, lately. He's only had three rushing games over 100 yards, but he had one, obviously, in his famous six-touchdown performance against the Vikings, and he had uh, 99 yards last week. So um, he has come is coming right at the right time. They've obviously got the Swiss Army knife Taysom Hill, who had an awful game last season, uh, last week really. Um, but you know, has performed when they've needed to in a variety of different roles, and they expect no different. CJ Gardner Johnson needs to have his suit pockets checked because last time I checked, they found Mike Evans in there. Um, because he has certainly had him in his pocket uh all season long when they've matched up against each other. But I'm less against the Bucs. They have stepped up on defense at times. The Packers game springs to mind when they got pressure. They got pressure on Aaron Rodgers and forced him into an unusual game with a couple of picks. Um, they can perform, and certainly on offense, yeah, okay, take Evans away. Take Goodwin away. They've still then got Antonio Brown, who was only with them for a couple of practices by week nine. They've still got Gronk. They've still got Cameron Braid. Um, They still even if Ronald Jones is a game-time decision, have Leonard Fournette, so they can make some hard yards in the rushing game as well. Um, the narrative, and look, of course it's Breeze and Brady, Breeze and Brady. I mean, that's that's the big thing. It's the only, uh, only the first time since Elway and Marino, the two um, biggest uh, record holders for first and second in passing yards have matched up against each other. It's the first time the two leaders in passing touchdowns have matched up each other. They're 85 years of age combined, for Christ's sake. Of course, they're the major storyline. But one will play next season, and one I don't think will. I think this uh, season will be Breeze's last, so every game is potentially his last ever game. And whilst we always talk about Elway, and we talk about Manning going off into the sunset, winning the Super Bowl in their final game. Most of the time, it doesn't end that well for legends. It didn't for Favre. Montana was whiling his times away in Kansas City before Kansas City became um, good again, if you like. Um, it certainly didn't for Marino. Um, 62-7 shellacking by the Jaguars back in uh, 99. So it isn't always fairy tales, marshmallows, and little daisy cups and dancing. Um, sometimes it's the horror of uh, of reality. And whilst my head, this is going to sound weird, but my head says the Saints because all the reasons outline, because they've got Thomas back, because they've got Harris back, because they've got those additional weapons. But, guys, I've supported Tom Brady for 20 years all the way through, and you never, ever count him out. You never, ever rule him out. So the heart says Saints. Sorry, the head says Saints, but my heart says the Bucks, and I'm going for the Bucks and Brady and Rogers to be a game, an NFC Championship game that'll be amazing in itself. Michael, can I just make one more point? Sorry, um, the Bucks were one of the few teams to have their bye so late in the season. They had it in week 13, which was quite unusual. And leading up to that bye week, there was a lot of pressure on Brady. There was a lot of discussions around, you know. Bruce Arias was coming out with statements because he's a bit rash in terms of what he says and people are questioning whether he's Brady fits into his offense in terms of going long force instead of going short. When they came back from the boy, something clicked. You know, they just seemed completely re-energized. It was like they went for two weeks, went back went away for two weeks and completely just sat down and looked at the situation. Brady's deep chows have improved 
dramatically. The, the stats are off the charts in comparison to those first 12 weeks. And maybe that's consistent with Antonio Brown coming into the offense, but they are a much more dynamic offense, and they will give that defense a huge amount of problems. But Mars got the books. So I still think that Saints defense could, will hold them in check. Just before I give my pick, before I forget, Jeff Reinbold, here's Coach's Corner for the Bucks against the Saints. The last game of the weekend is one that I think a lot of people are really looking forward to. It's the first time we've ever seen uh, two over 40 quarterbacks Starting this deep into the playoffs, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, first time they've ever, in their illustrious careers, have ever faced off in the playoffs. Now, New Orleans has won the two previous meetings this season. They bounced the Bucks both times and, and really have, have really dominated the Bucks. I, I think it's really hard. you got to understand it's very difficult to win three times in pro football against the same opponent. The Saints are coming in as healthy as they've been uh, all year long. They have Michael Thomas back, which is a huge one for them. And the uh, the emergence of Deontay Harris, number 11, he's the X factor in this one. I think he gives them juice not only in the return game, but he's an incredibly good guy at catching a short pass and, and taking it the distance if they try and double up on Michael Thomas and double up on uh, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. The offensive line in New Orleans is outstanding. Defensively, nobody talks about New Orleans, but they have an outstanding defense. Uh, you know, David Onyemata, Cameron Jordan, Trey Hendrickson, all really, really good inside players. Demario Davis, a sideline to sideline linebacker. And again, a very, very good secondary that's led by Marshawn Lattimore. So I think the, the, uh, just the overall edge has to go to the Saints. Uh, they have belief. They're playing at home and they have an outstanding kicking game led by punter Tom Morstead. So, I give them a slight advantage in the game. However, on the other side of the ball, we're seeing a Tom Brady that we haven't seen in a long time. The ball is going vertically now. We, you know, he's really adapted into Bruce Arians' vertical first passing game. You see last week, Antonio Brown over the top for a big one against Washington. Uh, Godwin for a big one on a post route against Washington. Uh, Evans has been vertical. You even go back two weeks to Detroit and uh, Gronkowski hit the uh, Lions for a 40-yard touchdown pass in that game. Tom is much more comfortable pushing the ball down the field. He's getting great protection from his offensive line. They lost their left guard, excuse me, right guard to a broken ankle. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, that affects their protection. But again, uh, Fournette is a is a outstanding running back. Jones, I think, will be healthy this week. That gives them two outstanding running backs. And again, uh, it's a it's a tremendous matchup. You've got great skill and great quarterbacking on both sides. Uh, defensively, you got two really aggressive defenses. Todd Bowles loves to blitz. They will get after the quarterback. I think this game is going to come down to turnovers. Who plays the cleanest game and who wins the kicking game will determine the winner in this one. Thanks very much, Jeff, for your input there. Uh, I don't think he picked a team, but sure, it's all good. I'm sort of on the fence as well. I'm, I'm not on the fence, to be honest. Um, the Saints have done the business twice this season, boys, and it's Drew Brees' final ride. As a Broncos fan, I'm watching Peyton Manning, albeit Drew Brees is playing a little bit better than Peyton Manning did in this last year. I, you just, we just know where this is going. Um, I think the Saints have the all-around best team in this matchup, but the X factor for me is, is Alvin Kamara. Uh, we've seen multiple times this season how good he is. Multiple touchdown games. And, and and I think he will be the main difference in this game today. We talked about the Browns and the Chiefs about having to get the, the a good start early. I think the Saints get a good start here. And I know they've got Brady sitting there. I know they've got Mike Evans, Antonio Brown. I mean, I don't even think we've mentioned Rob Gronkowski, to be honest. But it doesn't matter. The Saints will score more points. They will score more points. The Saints defense will hold the box up at 25 to 30 points. The Saints will score, I don't know, 40, 36 to 44 points um, and win this game comfortably for me. And go into Lambeau next week, and that will be a hell of a game because Alvin Kamara and that Saints offense. We'll talk about that next week. But for me, I, I'm, I'm going to pick the Saints. Uh, have we all picked the Saints, yeah? Nope. 
Mark so I'm on the box. Oh, Mark doesn't count because he's a, he's a Brady fanboy. But I mean, yeah, I know. Like, did you expect anything else? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Uh, obviously, the 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 battle of Mordor here, um, almost as bad as this. But sure, we'll not talk about that. We're back That's for tomorrow today. again. <laughs> yeah, a couple of points before we go. Uh, check out our podcast. Search Irish NFL Show on all good podcast platforms. Uh, we're back tomorrow night, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. or 10 p.m.? We decided it's live again. 9 p.m.? Me? Do you care? We're, we're back tomorrow night live, though, yeah? At some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> some point. Uh, we've, all, we've also just joined Instagram. We're going to, going to meet with Michael half night. <laughs> uh, half night. Right. Well, we, we'll, we'll confirm that as soon as possible. We're also on Instagram uh now irish nfl show you see him at us twitter ire nfl show um i think brian is going to buy a jersey for everybody to give away i'm joking but we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a giveaway on instagram very quickly as well thanks to everybody we that can, came on last week we can, we can start giving away those starter jackets that colin wants us to put out of wardrobe so. <laughs> and um there's a uk box enjoying it go bucks I, I feel horrible now for picking the saints but they're a great group and, and i obviously i mean look there's there's a group that i've waited a long time for a day like this so i hope i hope you enjoy it boys um and who knows what's gonna happen there a uh, big week ahead of us we're we're on obviously tomorrow night live and we've got shows wednesday all the way through the championship sunday i can't talk about the guests yet but uh it should be good until then boys have a good sunday and for everybody watching, have a good Sunday. Get some sleep before these before, before these games. And uh, yeah, let's go, Browns! Eh, <laughs> enjoy the games. See you guys. See y'all. Here we go, Bye -bye. Brownies. Here we go. Here we go, 